Welcome to Fandom and Wellness, a podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. Disclaimer, we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. On this episode, we'll be discussing X-Men Dark Phoenix. So... All right, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I wanted to talk, you know... (laughs) <laughs> I think a problem of this series is that it's it's barely a, a coherent, consistent series in terms of, like, each movie is kind of like its own movie and yes. they don't really connect. Right. Yeah. Do you think that's because it came out kind of pretty uh, big gaps between them? Yes. And I'm sure there was, like like turmoil behind the scenes creative differences stuff like that yeah and it's like the first movie i really enjoyed the second one was kind of a weird amalgamation of both the old x-men series and then the new one are you talking about days of our future past yes yeah yeah so let's preface this so we're we're really focusing on the dark phoenix specifically but we'll reference to the other movie so if you haven't seen that we would recommend you watch it and it goes x-men first class x-men days of our future past apocalypse and now dark phoenix right so and and then we get introduced to the new basically the new cast of x-men right. in the in the third movie of this four movie series yes. which is very late in the game mm-hmm. right so um i feel like a lot of the problems with this um movie especially is uh a lack of character development a uh inability to focus on like fully de- develop any character right. it's very like, well like for example i I'm going to preface this saying I grew up watching the X-Men, the animated series. Like, it's something I grew up watching every day after school. Like, I ran home, watched it weekends. I was watching it. So it was like, these are characters that were developed fully. You got to know their story arcs. You got to know who they were as a person and how they interacted with each other and all these other things. And when we finally got to X-Men Apocalypse and, like... Days of our future past, and they slowly introduce all these new Isn't characters. Days of our future past, or just days of future past? Yeah, it's days, days of future past. past. It shouldn't be laughing. This sounds like a soap opera ever. It does sound like a soap opera. I'm getting it confused because I read another science fiction book that was also all of our wrong todays, mm-hmm. and like I mixed them up interchangeably. No, it's um, okay. It's that's okay. Me, it's just days making me giggle. Su- it's the only reason I. <laughs> it's ours. <laughs> it belongs to us. <laughs> I've literally been saying days of our future past for years. <laughs> Whoops. Nobody's ever corrected me. <laughs> it's okay. They're um, all fake to keep people then if they can't correct me. Um, <laughs> anyway. But you you but, and I when we when we did our panel at AwesomeCon, you and I talked about how um the X Men animated series is the first time we felt represented in a fandom. Yes. And, and not even just having that that connection, but it's like you have these connections to these characters. And uh, for example, I will say Scott Summers in this new film. I have no idea who this character is. And this is me growing up with Scott Summers and knowing who he is in the X-Men animated series. So like we get to this movie and we know that his brother dies. And then that's it. Wait, I just need to talk about this one line because I have nowhere else to talk about this in this entire episode. But okay. we just need to talk about Scott Summers dropping that hard F being like <laughs> the only oh curse goodness. in the whole movie. <laughs> it was so good. I loved it. Jenny and I were together. And I was like, that was the one F-bomb they could use. I was like, did they do that to make this movie not a PG rating? <laughs> Or like, let's just have an F. I don't think it could have been PG <laughs> anyway. Yeah, couldn't have, but like, but they were like, we have one, so we can yeah. might as well use it. it yeah, was, you only get one. To keep it felt yeah, so team. weird. I'm sorry. It was, it was hilarious. It was hilarious in a non-funny movie. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that's uh, uh, okay. I just needed to briefly talk, yes, yeah, talk about that no, one. You're right, but like with the character development, me as someone who's grown up watching Scott Summers, I'm like, mm, I don't know who this guy is. Not to say he yeah. did a bad job acting it, I just feel like with the writing and me getting to know and understand and like connect with this character, it wasn't it wasn't there, and no. I was confused. Right. Also, um, I think maybe I'm just biased because I love James Marsden so much. <laughs> but even that, that Scott Summers, you got to know pretty well, too. And they had... they had- Well, because you knew him over the course of at least three movies. Right. Um, but, yeah, and so, like, let's, let's for example, talk about Charles, X- Charles Xavier. Oh, you mean, you mean who this movie is about? <laughs> the thing is, I barely remember him in this movie. What? That's why... I I barely remember. Did, him. Were we sitting in the same theater? Okay, he had more. Not. He had more lines than Jean Grey did. He did, yes. And it it makes sense to me that they want to continue his and Eric's kind of like storyline because it, this is where it is with them that it started. Yeah. But also, he he's such a fucking dick in this movie. Yeah. Like, it, it. I mean, it really you know played into a stereotype of like. If you're disabled or in a wheelchair, which we talked about in the glass uh, right. episode, if you're in a wheelchair, you're going to be evil. I if you're in a I superhero per- movie, <laughs> I don't. Well, he I don't. Well, I, I think he did something wrong. I don't think he's e- obviously he's not evil, but he did something wrong, and I think there's a difference between someone doing something wrong slash. I don't think he's even demonized, but someone doing something wrong, and they happen to be disabled versus they're portrayed as doing something wrong kind of like related to their disability i think in um in uh glass and split it that and and unbreakable their disability plays a very um important role in why they are the way they are okay this this does too in that he's it's made him a bit of an angry person but like or at least in like days of future past but like that was more like anger related to his injury for while this is more him wanting to protect yeah um he's not actually evil but he is super manipulative and the, <laughs> i i don't know that's that's just um when you don't when you don't have yourself represented in anything and right. all your representations are you're evil you're either a villain or you're manipulative or you're, you're I don't know. It's not a. It's not a good look. <laughs> no, I I agree with you on that. It is not a good look when you you're looking for representation in yourself, and it's not often in a in a positive light. And I think uh, outside of the scope of this film, that's why so many people loved Charles Xavier was because he did try to always bring good to a situation mm-hmm. but in this case he made several wrong several wrong life choices that led up to this point that he could not admit to himself that were wrong whether or not that has to do with him being in the wheelchair i don't know but i will say it when it comes to representation that yes that does seem very like a very touchy thing to see yourself represented that way yeah i i, I totally understand what you mean yeah yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't see him as like really that manipulative. And I disagree with you because in this film, I did like the entire time that I was watching it, I was like, "What the hell, Charles? Don't do this. This is really creepy. This is very manipulative." Like, not even that it was manipulative. It was that it, it seemed like he was making the right decisions for himself or for a greater good that he thought he could achieve, but really wasn't, it wasn't ever attainable. And he was kind of deceiving himself into believing, into other people believing that. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of scenes where I I felt like Charles was, like, the bad guy in the movie more than the, I don't even know her name, the alien. Because <laughs> they, they named her once. Was it, like, Vuck or something? Something like, yes. Yeah, but, um... I I can yeah there there were definitely instances where like he became like 
the he was just wrong. Like in this in this wrong. movie, like he essentially. I mean, I don't know if like lobotomized would be the correct phrase if this were like a real thing because right. this is because in the real world you can't like psychically manipulate someone's brain. So like if this were a real world context, he essentially kind of like lobotomized her so she would forget different traumatic experiences in her life without her consent. Right. The problem is that she he chose for her, right? Yes. Um, and he decided that he was, he did what was right and what was for the greater good. And there's that theme throughout where he thinks he chooses the greater good even over the... Um, at the mutant's expense. Right. Yeah. Oh, at the risk of the mutants he's supposed to be protecting. And I, but then I think he does acknowledge it in the end. He like that's what brings her back, right? Him acknowledging that he's wrong and that he um should have never done that. Yeah. And and I think him also re- like uh reminding her that he always felt like she never needed to be fixed. Right. Which I I I knew that line he basically he's she's like you can't always fix everything and he's like you're not broken. And I was like <laughs> it's I'm like, it's a beautiful line, but I, I saw it coming from a mile away. <laughs> really did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, Charles. Oh, Charles. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to, uh, I want to talk about Jean, Ga- Jean Grey last. Since It's I okay, mean, the movie basically yeah. did, so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wow. Burn. Burn. Oh god. Um uh so yeah, and then we have Eric aka Magneto. Who's the other <laughs> let's focus. Yeah, I forgot I forgot how much I liked um Fastbender as an actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just for you know, for his acting skills. Um All the, every review I read of this movie was like the only reason to watch it is for Michael really? Fassbender. Yeah. <laughs> so he has continuous drama throughout his entire life. Yes. He like survived concentration camps, abuse, the death of his wi- wife and daughter. He just wants to live alone in the woods, and no one will fucking let him. <laughs> like, no one will fucking let him. Yeah, I honestly, um, uh, because I did not rewatch the other movies, and I haven't seen them in many years. I don't remember why he's there. Because right, she goes so, to him for asylum, I think, at some point. Yes, and she basically I, is saying to him, like, "Oh, you like you overcame these feelings, and you don't want to. You killed a bunch of people, and now you don't want to do that anymore." I don't remember how he got there. In the last there, yeah, movie, you you explain. In the last movie, uh, basically, he was going to help Apocalypse um, end the world okay. or whatever. Cool, and cool, cool. Ch- <laughs> Do you remember why he changed his mind, Arkita? I think <laughs> it's because he saw his son. I think it's because he saw Quicksilver. But then he know. I don't. Think I don't he think knew he knew it was his son. Shoot. Never mind. He changed. He- the thing is that I feel like somebody kind of- got to him and he decided right. to just part ways, and it was like. He changed his he mind. He changed his yeah. mind. Something happened. He changed his mind. He didn't want to end the world. I mean, honestly, I understand why he would want to end the world. I think throughout the course of these films, you've really come to empathize with Magneto because of everything that he has been through, which kind of like, I don't want to say it's like showing a mirror on the country that we live in, but like it kind of is. I mean, it's like Killmonger and Black Panther. uh... Yes. And you empathize with this character and sympathize with this character. So I think in, in, in his case, it's kind of how, how Logan was where he just wants to be alone. Like he really feels as though him being in society is not beneficial to his mental health. It's better for him to seek asylum and take any, mutants that would want that with him because he realizes that the world that they live in is never going to accept mutants where they are there just to serve just to be service to the humans and Mm -hmm. like like when they're on that space mission it's like you know you could get killed you know how dangerous this is and you're doing it just so that you're accepted in the human world knowing that you're not really accepted and he's like i'm not gonna pretend this isn't what i want in um 
in Apocalypse, he basically he's working in a construction place and he saves somebody using his powers and they fucking turn on him and destroy his own destroy his entire life, you know? Yeah. Which is it was oh my god, was did I cry so much when that happened. But like, yeah, so and it's so weird to me that he says this entire speech about revenge about how revenge got him nowhere and did nothing for him and then he goes and go tries to get revenge and i'm like what did you just fucking say (laughs) he did love raven though i know but like what did you just fucking say he did not know that she killed him she killed her i know it's a lot of layers but um well, also speaking of her, like her going to Eric, it was interesting because Eric stopped because he could stop. He he chose to stop. Jean Grey. It's a little confusing how the power works, but it feels like it's almost like this thing inside of her that she cannot control. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's not like it's like she, it's like she a different entity does, within her. Right. It's not just like his her willpower, you know. It's a little different. We but before we finish talking about Jean Grey, let's talk about Beast slash Henry slash Hank. <laughs> There's too many damn Hanks in this world. Okay, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. But okay, I will say to your point of revenge not getting you anything. <laughs> Hank, <laughs> say Henry B. What do I call you? You have so many goddamn names. Like, that was Hank's then turning point when Raven died, or Mystique was essentially killed by the explosion Mm -hmm. that Jean Grey caused. That was his turning point, and he left the X-Men and was ready to go kill her, and, like, even recruited Eric to kill her. And the entire... I I don't think he would have reached that point had Charles admitted that he was wrong earlier in Earlier on, because there was a moment when they were sitting right. together in the kitchen. <laughs> that very dramatic scene. That, that dramatic scene where Charles is like, this is where I met Raven, and she became my foster sister. I'm like... I, I mean, that was just another scene of Charles being manipulative. Exactly. I'm like... And, and, I, and I really... I think... I think that the writers did not let Hank be manipulated by that. He's like, I don't care that you met her here. I loved her. You loved her, too. But... Essentially, he's blaming him for what happened to her. And in part, I kind of do, too. They should have never been on that mission in space. I'm sorry. I already don't like humans. You made an error. You fucked up. You can die. (laughs) And I I, I probably am being a real asshole for this. But it's like, it is not up to mutants to put their lives on the line for human error just so that they can be accepted. And I think the reason that I feel this way is because during World War II... I know a lot of people say that the X-Men is kind of like an, what's that word? A metaphor for like the civil rights movement. But yeah, but like during the civil rights movement and everything, when black people went away to the Vietnam War and came back and they still didn't have a country with rights. And I'm like, they just fought in a war for this country, came back, no rights. You're doing the same thing to these mutants. It's like, you didn't learn from your history. I know this was technically the nineties, but I'm like, y'all didn't learn from this. Mm Mm-hmm uprising riots we they just want basic human rights i know they're not like they're human right just because of the blue like just <laughs> so there are a lot of blue people <laughs> yeah they really are but there are more blue people just... in this movie than black people <laughs> <laughs> or i'm sorry there are more named blue people in this movie than black people. <laughs> yeah really i only we'll, saw like we'll get back i barely that. saw three i think yeah yeah, we'll get back to that. <laughs> yes. All but right. yeah, yeah, he, he, I think he, he, yeah, Charles should have Never. admitted to his mistakes. We should have. And this, but, these yeah. movies are so, I don't think they should have done this movie at all, which we'll talk about later. But like, because if they wanted to stick so strictly to this script that they have built about like Xavier's higher purpose for the X-Men, they just shouldn't have done a Dark Phoenix movie. Like that's not what the Dark Phoenix saga is about at all, right? Well, we'll we'll get back to what it is about. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like every action in this movie was basically about like Charles, like the narrative of like Charles 
like having to form like a peace pact for the X-Men to survive. You know, I just barely, I just, I'm like, what even happened in this movie? <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's like, you're like, a lot happened with Charles, I'm like, I don't remember, I don't remember any of it, because it was like, it felt like I was just meandering along. Yes. It was just like people following other people, and then like, some, like, it wasn't even that dramatic. No. You know what I mean? Like, That's why just... they had to put that hard F-bomb in there. <laughs> to try to... It was just so weird. It was just, oh, God. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about Hank? Henry? Not in this movie. <laughs> Not in this movie, other than the fact that I, could, I was like, wait, is that Scott or Hank? Because they're the same white actor. No, they don't. Scott looks like a pouty teenage model. His and lips the... are so full. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I was like, where'd you come from with those lips? Like, what you been doing? You did that Kylie okay, Jenner challenge. Hank didn't look pouty. Okay. And, yeah. and Hank was the kid from Skins. <laughs> they are the same person. They aren't. Can't say that all um, <laughs> all white men look the same. Well, you're, you're married to one, other than Michael Fassbender. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't have much personality, and that's a problem. I know. Right? That's, I was like, wait, yeah. which one's? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, but yeah, so yeah. I, I, so to wrap up, Hank and his decision <laughs> to seek revenge, and then no longer seek revenge on Jean Grey because of Charles. All, it essentially was all because of Charles. Right. So. Yeah. Let's talk about Jean. What? Oh, what wow. Okay, got? sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there real fast. Faster than the movie. Uh. Um, so, what did you want to say about Jean? I will say, that one of the biggest things for me with Jean was that I see her and like when when the walls are finally broken come down from her mind like she's able to see everything that's happened to her in totality she's experiencing ptsd all at once right like yeah. all at once and in my mind i'm like charles were you not prepared for this like you did this to this child at some point she's going to regain these memories how are you going to deal with it then when she's an adult like the best point in time again this is coming back to charles for you to have dealt with this was as a child because like so many doctors say kids are more resilient than you think and i don't want to say that just because she had this tragic accident happen to her that like oh yeah she'll be fine it'll be all rainbows and sunshine but like you you heard him blocking that memory out of her mind and forgetting she had parents and forgetting all of this it's like right like he could, he could have even done it earlier. Yeah, sometime when he was, she was more of an adult, right? When she could maybe handle it more, you know? Right. It's not even like she's still, she's still young. But it's like we need to have this conversation. You're a child, like it's not fair to her in any way. For one, the loss of her memories. It's not fair for her to have to experience all of this all at once. It's not fair that. Raven is like, we have 10 seconds. We need to be out of here. We can't do this. That one person that had to come back. I, honestly, I counted it. I was like, oh, y'all got four people. Win-win situation. One person is still... <laughs> I'm like, you got enough. You got enough humans, all right? <laughs> it, right. It wasn't worth risking literally it, everybody. It really wasn't. And then it's not even... Like, you risked everyone's lives and now... And now Jean's Grey's life is harder because of it. And now she's gone. She's gone. Right. And Raven's gone. And no one wanted to listen to Raven because Raven the entire fucking time was like, peace out, gang, gang. I don't want to do I, this. I feel like this movie just like didn't show the complexities of Jean's Grey's emotions at all. Like she, she's like in her early 20s or whatever, she gets this like other like power source entity essentially like fused into her. And she's saying like how good she feels from it, but they don't they don't actually develop on that at all. Was it just right. me or did she seem kind of horny when she, well, she like So like part of the actual Dark Phoenix saga is like playing into like um Jean's sexuality. Which okay. is like what they like half ass tried to do here. 
I didn't even pick that up. I was like, she. Yeah, she seemed like she wanted to get down for a bit. She did, but I feel like that's just. Yeah, she was like hardcore making out with with, uh, Scott Hank. Uh (laughs) Scott Hank. I felt like that was just youthful energy to begin with. I don't know. No, it was them. No, it was them just like bastardizing an entire like comic book series. <laughs> but wow, right. I didn't, they didn't. Give that it, was like yeah. so quick. It just happened like that. Right. They didn't give it much time. They, they didn't expound on why she even fucking cared about like her her dad still existing. Like right. they didn't. Like, well, I mean, when you, uh, I, I feel like that's. Um, self-explanatory though right mm. in my mind i don't even know like you you realize your dad's alive so you go she you, went straight to him You're like yeah why wouldn't you why would you why wouldn't you go to charles and be like yo you're my adoptive father is my dad alive well here's the thing she does I, the thing is that i i don't want to say it's out of character because we barely know her as a character but like she does yeah. a lot of things that are like super weirdly kind of villain-like yes. for no reason, right? Yeah. She goes off on her own. She, like, dis- she hurts people. Like, for example, she hurts um, Nightcrawler for a lot, like, for no for no reason. That. A lot of t- like, at least twice, That one hurt my feelings a lot. Right. I'm like, why would you do that? He, he hasn't done anything to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah. I understand that it's like, okay, because she has this great power that she can't control. Uh, right, but that's a di- no. But she but, that was controlled. What she did, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know when she's not controlling her powers. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I'm, I'm saying like maybe that's what like the movie wanted you to think or some shit. I don't know. That makes no sense. I didn't mean that's what. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of the movie didn't make sense, yeah, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I I just feel like they didn't expand on her emotions at all, or like what she was going through as the Phoenix, other than just like. Just trying to base the whole thing on, on like, her trauma coming to the surface. I thought a really poignant moment, though, was when she was, like, in the rain trying to, like, wash off the blood of Raven. That was, that, that hit me a little bit. Mm-hmm. That hit me a little bit because I felt like that was raw, like, that was raw emotion and she, like, her realizing that's okay to portray all of that confusion and... Like, and fear, but that's all she like. Yeah, but that was like portrays. the only like right. glimpse that's- into her even being like confused. Yeah, that's the only bit of emotional depth that we really got out of her because all of everything else, it just seemed like after the entity and after she becomes one with the entity, all you get is just high anxiety and her not knowing and her not knowing and her not knowing and it's like she's experiencing other emotions why aren't we showing this like she's she's not a two-dimensional or one-dimensional character like she's experiencing all these complexities that are happening in her life and in her mind and why aren't they portraying this you only see a glimpse of her hypersexuality you only see a glimpse of her feeling like an ecstatic high and then after that let's like all sadness and all stress and anxiety. And it's like, there's more. There's way more. Right. Yeah. And, I, and like, I, I don't understand why she would just all of a sudden, like, believe and go with whatever that alien woman was saying. Right. Who she never she, met before and was like, yeah, you're like, right. No one understands me. And Charles doesn't understand, but, but you understand me, person I've never met before. <laughs> And I've had looks, and I had one conversation with, yeah, and literally has no facial expressions whatsoever. Yo, Jessica Chastain was so creepy in that. Like, I was like, where are her eyebrows? Why is her hair this? I was like, who? She looks like an alien. But I feel like she was wasted in this. Like her character was not her was yeah. like a nothing villain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like she looks um, the part of a villain and would have been in a right. Amazing villain. Right. Well, speaking of our character actions, like... You go. <laughs> you're doing it. You wanted to do this episode, you're talking about it. <laughs> I literally I literally said, I don't want to talk about this scene, though. <laughs> so I saw this movie first, 
And I texted Jenny and Arkita during this scene, and I was like, I don't know about this. I don't think I want to do this episode. <laughs> There's a scene in this movie where they have Jean Grey force Xavier to walk up a flight of stairs, and it is so off-putting and tone-deaf. Disturbing. <laughs> Why? Why? What? Who greenlit that? <laughs> and not even, like, on top of that to add insult to injury, she crushed his wheelchair. Did you see that? She forced him to walk up there and then crushed his wheelchair. So it's like... And then they redeem her. That's not an action someone, a redeemable character, <laughs> does right before they're redeemed. Zuko would never. <laughs> Sorry. Like, oh my god, what a terrible thing. Let's let's just erase that from our minds. Can we? Get out of, get out of here. No, I don't want to forget how bad this movie was. Well. <laughs> I really want to talk about, okay, so I'm really focused on the PTSD aspect of this, because that's essentially what she's experiencing. I already said that why did Charles not help her as a young as a young child? But not only that, like he knew that these walls were breaking down. Like he went into Cerebro when he realized he couldn't hear her thoughts. Why was somebody not monitoring her? Or like, it, it, like in the like, room with her at the same time? Not even in the like there's so many instances of things that are happening where it's like why are all four of you in this one room and she's all alone <laughs> after experiencing yeah. this near d- like she's already now experienced two life traumas. She her mother passed away, she was in that car crash and her father abandoned her. That is one whammy right there. Mm-hmm. Got sent into space on a near death mission to save some unworthy ass humans. We are unworthy. <laughs> and, and then like she says she feels fine. Her vitals are great. She's like supercharged from it. But even then, if you overcharge a battery, something is going to explode. So <laughs> science. I, literally, I'm just. I was just. I was. I, I, I was trying to not say that. But there are so many moments <laughs> in, in that movie. I was like, science, science, <laughs> science does not explain this. And I know science is not supposed to explain everything because this is fantasy and this is fiction Mm -hmm. but come on use some basic physics people (laughs) i know i failed physics but like use some of it (laughs) all right um do you guys want to talk about the death of raven that pissed me off yeah that did really fucking oh so i agree i feel like raven's death really that resonated the most with me again back to the topic that i was saying like She's like, we're doing all of this for our freedom, and we are not free, like, at all. Raven was fridged. <laughs> right. Yes, essentially she was. Like, not even as she was. She absolutely was. I have a question about fridging, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if more main characters were female, more men would get fridged? Nope. No. Maybe. I don't think no, because I think that I. Because I'm thinking about Captain Marvel. Yes. Uh, would you say that her? Would you say that Marvel uh, Marvel got fridged? I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider that to be fridging because, like, it's hard to explain with that movie specifically because Marvel had been murdered or killed so early on that it was kind of wiped from her memory and she doesn't necessarily remember and she was still like on the way to becoming Captain Marvel. She was already She was already uh, She she was already doing what she felt to be right. Yeah. Without uh, She was helping Marvel with that mission, not even knowing what the mission was, not even knowing that she was a Cree soldier. Or yeah, initially a Cree soldier. Um so she was just doing that because it was the right thing to do. Like, I don't feel like right. Marvel's death propelled her to be anything. Like, okay. like immediately after Marvel was, was killed, she then destroyed the plane, the so- the solar energy yeah. thing. Um, which made, which gave her, um, Carol all her powers. But then, like, it was, like Arcata said, it was wiped from her memory. So it's not even right. like. She already knew right from wrong before that. And she knew, like, she was already questioning things and on her, like, she was already being developed to go that way. And I think 
Marvel, I think for Marvel, it was just her completing her mission and then moving on to continue doing what she was doing. Yeah. I don't right. necessarily think that it was bridging, but I do feel that if there were more female characters, female male characters, or even like any other gender other than male, mm-hmm. there would be way less bridging because I feel as though, because even now, like with writing, Men have male friends, like, and they're not getting fridged. It's really just women, children, love interests, and other. Like, it's very. But that's what I'm saying. The love in so you the love interests of female characters might get fridged more if there were. Wait, so you're saying if there are more female identifying characters, would more men be fridged? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. I mean, honestly, honestly, I don't care if they are. Let's even the playing field. <laughs> I don't think, I don't care if they are either. I'm just saying that, um, like, loved ones being fridged is like a, um, just a, like. A, it's another like such, writing trope that's used to propel characters when you don't need it. Like, do you, have you seen Luke Cage? Yes. Yeah. Like I forgot his name, but like his father figure, basically, he he died in that. Oh my god, that was so upsetting to me. Yeah, <sighs> that was a lot. Would you say that's fridging? Yes. Gender aside, I would say that 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 is. I don't know because it's like Luke already knew. Right, I'm considering fridging when somebody's like, I don't know which road I'm gonna take. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't know which road you're going to take, or like, you've decided to not do this anymore, and then the bad thing happens, and that's what's, like, motivating you. Like, if you've already had that motivator, and you already knew right from wrong, and you already kind of knew what path you were taking, that's... Are you? But are you sure Luke was going to do that? I don't remember. Regardless. I don't remember if he was already using his powers when, yeah, when the barber got it's killed. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I just thought I would bring it up just because it's something I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so basically she dies, Raven dies to motivate Hank and Eric to want revenge on Jean, right? right? Yeah, no, yeah. And and then Jean dies too. She evolves, quote unquote, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, she's still alone. Everyone's still missing her. You know what I mean? Um also, the so, random unnamed character of color, the woman of color from Magneto's team, just right. gets it was a woman and pull- a man. Yeah, just gets yeah. pulled off the train by her head for literally I no was, reason. I was like, I don't know how you do that. How do you hold someone that way? I was there shocked. Was it was zero like zero reason to include that. She, they should have not died. There was no reason for them to die. They didn't even show if she died or not. It's just gone. She's dead. No, she's 100%. 100% she's dead. Basically, every character in this movie that passed the Bechdel test, which is the test that is two women who are named who talk about something other than a man, every one of them dies. I don't think Storm talks to another female identifying character in this movie. She's Well, she speaks to Raven at one point. Cool, well... But, like... About what? I don't know. About Jean. Oh, okay. Okay. still, like... Yeah, it's interesting that... That's a word. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting can mean a lot of things. (laughs) Um, Part of me is wondering, because I feel like first class was so long ago that it doesn't even matter what happened between them and like all the Sentinels and everything. Like, what if they had just started with Dark Phoenix and then went on from there? Because eventually Jean Grey does come back, right? Uh, oh, well, like, maybe, oh. Yeah, like, what if they right. started the series with Dark Phoenix, hopefully with better writers, but what if they started there and, like, continued on? Like, it just... It wasn't the story they... They were not ever interested in telling the Dark Phoenix saga. It was not the story they wanted to tell. They wanted to tell a story, um, more stories about Charles and Eric. That's what they wanted. But it's like, how many more stories can you tell about them that we don't? They wanted to. They wanted to be part of the Me Too movement and like thinking that they were this revolutionary movie that was all about a woman. But they had a male director, a male writer, like like the scene, the scene where Raven is like, "You ever thought about changing the name to X Woman?" Because it's always I was like, "We didn't need this." 
Like, and like, if there was ever a part where I'm like, are you pandering and doing this wrong? Because you're really doing this yeah, wrong. You can like, tell this she was, did not want to say that line. Jennifer really Lawrence was like, please don't make me say this. Please, it was like, please don't do it. <laughs> Like that, that, like that, like that is in my mind, male writing thinking, this is what women want. This is what a feminist will say. Yeah. No, we want you to think these characters through fully. They took Captain Marvel and made it bad. They're like, let's have a movie about how a woman's emotions are so evil and like make her do all wrong and how like she can't control them. But then in the end, she's like, no, my emotions are what make me strong. Except that- But we didn't even see her emotions, because they didn't develop her at all. (laughs) I mean, we did see some emotions, but they didn't make her any better. Like, they didn't make her- Like, they didn't- Become Her her redemption arc was not- It wasn't even a full arc. It, like, stopped halfway, and it was like, and now she's a phoenix. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fail bomb. Why we need women. Really, I no, mean, really, other than I... other than we should just have women directors and writers, exactly. Like why? Just because, <laughs> but also, if you're going to write a story about uh, extreme trauma experienced by a woman, maybe I don't know, go to any type of like trauma counseling or inquire what a woman even thinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the death of Jean Grey. And of Draven. It's like you had two very strong female characters and they're both dead. And it's like it's possible to have more than one strong female character at a time and they both be strong together within the same scene. But like to your point, when it was the Dark Phoenix or when it was Jean Grey like going through a thing after visiting her dad, it was Raven that had to be soft and coddle her. But like it's like they. I don't understand so Raven in this in this movie at all. She's like a non-character. She well, yeah. she really was a non-character. She was gone in like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. I thought it was so. It's weird that Charles is later able to get through to Jean with compassion and understanding, but when Raven tries it, she just it gets her dead, which sucks a lot. Because yeah. because the male in the movie had to save the day. Yeah. And I think what would have made this a little bit more interesting was if it wasn't Charles that came to save the day. And it showed it would have showed like like a more human side of him. Like you're not always going to succeed. Like not everything you do is going to work. You're not always going to be the hero. Like give that give that title to somebody else. Like it could honestly could have been Eric. It could have been Raven had they kept her around. It could have been Hank. Could have been anybody that brought her back, but it had to be Charles, and it really did not. Well, they needed to redeem him. Right. Eye rolls. All the eye rolls. All the eye rolls. Yeah. This movie essentially to me says that if you experience great trauma, the only way you're going to heal from it is to die. She dies. She 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 lets herself die, um, and Charles says now she's free. Did not like that because, like, or how about you counsel her, like the right. an actual adoptive father? <laughs> like, how about you, like, actually work through the problems that she is facing that you, you know, essentially caused by blockading her from knowing her parents died. Or one of her parents right. died. You know, it, it's it's upsetting because it's like, you have all these resources at your tip. It's not like he was poor and he was like, I don't know what to do. Like, you're not <laughs> yeah. poor. Just you send her somewhere if you don't want to do it. Batman. You're somewhere between the range of Batman and Tony Stark in terms of money. Like, I don't know. I think Batman has more money, but... Uh. <laughs> you know what? They all come... Well, except for Tony Stark. He's nouveau rich. But... Charles and Batman come from old money. Get it together. Um, can you, Danielle, talk a little bit about what happens in the comics? Yeah. So, (laughs) so like I keep saying, like, I don't feel like this movie is about the Dark Phoenix saga at all. Um, I mean, yes, like, they, 
the X-Men go to space and she gets her powers through like a cosmic flare, kind of similarly to this movie, except she's not like saving humans. It's it's like other X-Men. Like it, it's just immediately the movie is trying to make it about their narrative of Xavier trying to make peace with humans. Um, so she gets so she gets this power, and then um, she basically repairs like a fractured crystal with it, and she saves the universe. So she doesn't like from what? Um, I I honestly don't even remember, but but it's just like it's just that like she. She doesn't immediately, like, use her powers, like, for evil or, like, become, like, this totally confused person. She uses her powers to save everyone. I think like, within that she's still learning to control the power. Yes. Or, she doesn't like, realize, like, the full extent of her powers yet. Yeah. Um, but she realizes she, she has more power. That's a thing. Yes. Does she, like, quote-unquote become evil or whatever? Event- so... So, so she uses this power, and then um, Mastermind, who basically is like, I guess like an old villain in the comic book series that can uh, put like illusions into people's heads, or like and mm-hmm. like with the help of Emma Frost, he's able to like implant memories into Jean's head that aren't real about okay. basically like them as. A romantic couple. Ew. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so Mastermind basically, like, he takes notice of Jean because of these powers, and he wants to get into, like, the inner circle of the Hellfire Club, which is, like, the ultimate baddies. Uh, <laughs> um, so he, so he's basically, like, he is gaslighting her and causing a bunch of trauma to her. He, I mean, he, they have sex at one point, which is, that's basically him raping her. Yep. Um, because she doesn't, she doesn't know. Like, she's be- she's believing these uh, images in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, so he's basically trying to turn her into the Dark Queen. And she, okay. because she's going along with these illusions, she starts to, like, embrace her, her like, evil side. And she's like, okay, this is, this is cool. I like, like, where this power is taking me. Like, the X-Men were, like, uh, presumed dead. But then they come back. I don't know. Sure. It's, it's a whatever. It's, a, it's like all shit with this, this. It's a whole saga. It's a whole right? fucking saga. But they try to do it in one little movie. Whatever. Um, so the X Men come back and she's like reunited with Scott. Um, but she has already started embracing like these like evil powers. So she's like using her powers like with like less inhibition. Like Scott told her to like like, stop a car that had a bunch of villains in it, and instead she, like, demolished the car. And she was like, well, I'm, like, a psychic, and I can tell... I knew what they were thinking, and, like, what the person they were chasing was right. fearing, and all this stuff. Um, but... Like, she's making the god decision. Like, I can choose yes. to end life. Or, like, you're, you're, like, this is a, your judgment. Your judgment is just to stop the crime, not Yeah, so she... Life. Yeah, like, uh, this one, she's, like, realizing her powers... And she's definitely, like, embracing them. And because of all the gaslighting from Mastermind, she's embracing them in, like, a darker way. And also, like, Xavier is off-planet during the whole, like, the majority of the Dark Phoenix saga. He's not even there. <laughs> so right. Like- but that's, that's what, once again, that's the problem with having a movie that starts with two main characters and then... Like, ends with Dark... You're right, Dark Phoenix should have never been the ending finale to this series. Yeah, so then... If that's what they wanted to do. Yeah, so then, so basically, like, uh, Mastermind, like, he creates, like, like a psychic image of Scott and kills him off. And mm-hmm. it causes Jean to, like, lose her shit. Right. And, like, break free of Mastermind's hold and realize all the trauma that he's done to uh. her. And because she's, like, witness, she's, like, in her head witnessing, like, the death of the love of her life. So she basically like uses telepathy to give mastermind the godlike power that she has. And it drives him insane. Cause he can't like, Oh contain wow. It. Yes. So then she's like super overwhelmed and all messed up and she attacks the X-Men and then she goes off world and she apparently like is super drained of power. And the way she recharges is stealing a star's power 
which calls sure. which calls it a supernova and kills a billion oh. and kills a billion people. Uh oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. So she like comes back and she's like all f- confused and she meets with her family and she doesn't know what they think versus what she thinks they think. Uh, <laughs> and she like okay, and Scott it's tries. A, yeah, it's a lot. So like, so basically, so Scott, so Scott finds her and he like tries to like talk her down and like remind her who she is and that she's like Jean Grey is like made of love and like that she's not this villainous thing that Mastermind has like made her and. When he's doing this, Xavier, like, tries to, like, overpower Jean Grey and, like, put, like, circuit breakers in her brain to, like, blockade the phoenix so she can't access it anymore. And it actually works. But then, like, all the X-Men are, like, randomly transported off-world to... I understand that this would be a lot for a movie, so I get why they changed a lot of things. But... (laughs) So they're, like, transported off-world because Jean killed a billion people and now has to go to trial. And Uh the X-Men are trying to be like, well, she did this when she was, like, not herself, when she was the Phoenix, Mm -hmm. and so she shouldn't have to pay for this crime. P.S. Yes, she should. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, she killed a billion people. Um, Yeah. So then uh, Cyclops is seemingly killed, and again, because she's witnessing Cyclops dying he doesn't actually die it's just what she thinks is happening the dark phoenix comes out again and cyclops is like trying to convince her that like it'll be okay and she ends up convincing him and all the x-men to just let her die because it's too overwhelming to live with the fact that she killed a billion people and it's too hard for her to like control the power that's inside of her like every second Mm -hmm. of her life so obviously that's an like a very different story um, yeah, but there's elements of it that I think would have been great to adapt. Like, she could have used her powers for good first before she starts losing control of them. Right? Yes, or like see when she tries to use her powers for good, see like the extent of how much more powerful she is. She's like, oh, I'm not. This isn't what I wanted. Like, like there's, it's sort. also just like un, un inarguably, Jean Grey is the main character in the Dark Phoenix saga. Right in. The comic book. Like, mm-hmm. she has the most lines. Like, the sto- the entire story it's is about her, her and what has happened to her and, like, the emotions inside of her and how she's dealing with them or not dealing with them. And, like, it gives her so much agency. Like, the, right. this movie does not. It's it's all about, like, what the the men's narrative and how she plays into it. It is, and it's it's unfortunate, and it's one of the reasons why I don't think this can be stressed enough. You need women writers and women directors, like in these rooms, like they need to be in the room where it happens. They need to have a voice. They need to they they have to be heard. Like it can't be oh let me just find like oh we have a quota to make. We need some more diversity. Let me bring someone on. Like these women exist, and they have these stories to tell. And it's like they're just as much nerds as any of the guys out there, if not more. So why aren't they getting this opportunity and why is it this, like this whole directing and writing is just one big giant boys club? Yeah, like Simon Kinsberg, the director of the movie, literally apologized because it didn't connect with the audience. Like, you, what, <laughs> like did not. how about instead of that, you just hire women? Yeah, <laughs> I was not connected. Jenny was with me. I was laughing the entire time in this movie. I was like, I mean, I think it's pretty telling that uh, multiple directors in the X Men franchise have been accused of sexual assault. Uh, Brian Singer, pedophile. Like it. It's uh, yeah. pretty telling that they don't know how to write women for yeah. a fucking reason. No shit. But why are they hiring these people to begin with? Like, yeah. good times (laughs) oh my god yeah this was the first uh like superhero movie he'd ever directed oh is it yeah and so he so it's like i'm sorry it's like what you know i think i also think people blame directors for a lot when i think they should blame the writers but he was also the writer for this so like that was everything that was one big mistake because the dark phoenix saga is a big thing to already take on so to direct it and then to write it bro you need help and he wrote like the previous dark phoenix yeah like which is crazy that they would have him write it again both 
Yeah, like, yeah, okay, that, movie, that movie came out so long ago, and the only thing I really remember of it is that you had the phoenix in the movie, and you didn't use her, like, at all, until the final, like, ten minutes. Yeah, no, it's such it's, <sighs> also, right. also, really quickly, what, because, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what, which X-Men were on Magneto's team, because they were just people of color who weren't named, uh, but... Was that? Did they have the the man fighting with his dreads? It was his braids. They were braids. They were corners. I'm, so, I'm sorry, um, but even still, did they have? Yeah, him it was like a mutant. <laughs> that was his mutant power. Was his hair? I thought it was pretty cool. I actually did like that. Okay. I thought it was cool. It was very Medusa esque. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just wondering how he did his hair. Like, does he get <laughs> haircuts? Like, what are you doing? You go the bird. <laughs> But also, I was like, why is he fighting Storm? Storm should be, like, reducing him to ash. Like, Well, I think, well, isn't, are, so, like, is Storm, like, pretty young? And Again, these, she, like, maybe they don't, like, maybe that's what they're, maybe they're, because I know, like, I think they're like, oh, that's, like, the new wave of X-Men. Uh, so maybe they're trying to say, like, she didn't have her powers, like, fully, like, developed or something? Because she's a teacher now. Why? Just, like, I just don't understand why... Charles and Eric are like forty. They should be sixty. I don't. I just don't understand. Hey, Michael Fassbender is just really hot. Okay. Look, and he just James McAvoy was still really buff from glass <laughs> yes. or from fucking from glass. Yeah, yeah, he was still really buff from glass. And I was like, it was. You're looking kind of weird. Yeah. You're looking real. You're looking brolic, bro. I'm like, why are you so buff for no reason? Well, pa- Patrick Stewart and um, what's his beautiful name? Ian McKellen. Yes, are so good and so age appropriate. And <laughs> it's just like, okay, like what? Like what is this? We all know they're supposed to be older. Yeah, I think they just. Well, obviously, Ian and Patrick are much, much older. Yeah, now, yeah, but- yeah. I know, but. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I don't even care about continuity anymore. <laughs> it's just, it's the last thing on my mind at this point. Yeah. Also, I feel like they, they like had to make Jean like super evil for like whatever reason, because they made Magneto like not the villain in this movie. Right. So they needed a villain. Well, they had a villain with the alien-ish. Well, I, I don't even I remember know. the villain. <laughs> talk about them because they like they came and then they killed that family that was having that nice dinner and they like infiltrated the government and and Jean killed her like what happened to the rest of them she just you just saw her the, the one you just saw Jessica Chastain she gave her the phoenix power killed her what happened to the rest they just were like well bye I'm not <laughs> yeah. doing this bye peace out y'all like what i what? did i did enjoy how much they hated humans and i did enjoy how they killed people just kind of like, like and uh, they made that i'm making a hand uh, gesture which you cannot see but- <laughs> yeah i was like what is this like pressure points like what is- <laughs> i am not sure and i did not like it weird. <laughs> and i we're, i didn't i didn't like that it was like oh okay like the the aliens speak another language and they're evil. Uh, but Yeah, it's boring. Yep. <laughs> boring white men writing boring things. <laughs> Anything else? No. Hmm. I think that's about it for this movie. We are... The Dark Xavier Saga. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, thanks so much for listening. Please take a moment to subscribe, review, and rate us. It's the easiest way to support our podcast. If you leave a five-star review, we might pick it up to read it on the air. Uh, this week's review comes from Catherine, who is one of our Patreon supporters. She's our patron saint of puppies! Yay! Nice. <laughs> we love you, Catherine. The review says, You ladies are wonderful, and this podcast is going to be so beneficial keep pulling out those inclusive warm and welcoming vibes also danielle your dresses are amazing i love mine and i look forward to seeing you at awesome con this was written quite a few weeks ago sweet baby angel we love you also Catherine is the best and she brought us like all these goodies oh my at gosh awesome yeah. con all weekend she fed us that's 
That's how you treat vendors, I gotta say. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, if you want to chat with us about this episode and how much you also hate it, uh, well, the movie, not the episode. Hopefully, you love the episode. <laughs> Our social medias are Fandom and Wellness on Instagram, Fandom and Wellness on Facebook, and Fandom Wellness on Twitter. And if you want bonus content, you can join our fandom family at patreon.com slash fandomandwellness for Patreon-exclusive geek sessions. And remember, be kind and take no shit. Hell yeah. Yeah!